everybody. This is Stephanie Ruper. Thank you so much for tuning into the Naked Humanity podcast, where we try to figure out what it means to be human in the modern world. Today is episode number 44X, and I am going to be discussing affect theory, which is a field of study in the humanities to get at why we develop attachments to and addictions to things like shopping and gambling and friends and dancing and all these sorts of things. Now, a listener has written in with a question about shopping. I have previously on Well-Fed Women, which is a podcast I occasionally feature on, I have said that I really enjoy retail therapy. And that's true. Although I actually don't anymore. I have cut it out of my life and that's fine. But uh, this listener heard the question and wanted to, or sorry, she heard that I had been uh, talking about the retail therapy stuff and wanted my thoughts on how healthy it is, you know, to have these different kinds of coping mechanisms that we have in our lives when things go wrong. Um, sometimes they're somewhat more innocent, like shopping, although I'm not sure, you know, that can have a really negative impact on the planet because of the environmental cost of the things that you purchase. Uh, but others, of course, can be obviously really damaging uh, when we turn to drugs and cigarettes and alcohol and all that sort of uh, stuff. So I'm going to talk about um, cost to benefit of different kinds of attachments and uh, what the theory of human nature that underlies all of these things, um, or my, my thoughts actually on human nature and why and how we do these things. Uh, so I will, uh, I will jump right into the question. Hey, Stephanie, I know from listening to Well-Fed Women for all these years that you hate when people just talk about how great you are when they ask questions. But I got to say it, I feel like I know you so well. You have been one of the constants in my life for so long. Thank you so much for always being there for me. I wanted to ask you about something I think I've heard you talk about before. You sometimes laughed about using shopping as a way to medicate. I mean, when going through hard times, usually the first thing I do is start fantasizing about them all. Sometimes I feel like my life is just a story of buying one thing after another, a Louis Vuitton bag, a new yoga mat, literally endless shoes. I keep convincing myself I need this stuff, but I know deep down it might just be filling holes in my life. Do you feel and do similar things? I would love your perspective on all the kinds of coping mechanisms or crutches I might be leaning on. With love, Jenna, P.S., Team Granny Smith. Okay, the Team Granny Smith thing is also from the Well-Fed Women podcast. We have an apple war. We fight over which kinds of apples are the best because that's a very productive use of our time. And um, Jenna here has allied herself with uh, Granny Smith apples, which is um, which is trolling me basically because I hate Granny Smiths. Okay. So anyway, Jenna's question is about shopping and using it as a coping mechanism. Okay, so shopping is one coping mechanism that people use. You know, what else is there? Um, sports, I dance, uh, reading, whatever. And I just want to say off the bat that having things that you use to cope with challenges in life is not inherently unhealthy. It's natural and, in fact, I think kind of necessary uh, and so I wouldn't say that any kind of coping mechanism is necessarily bad, but what can be bad is, is the way that you relate to it. 
and so I want to introduce to y'all a concept uh, in the humanities, in the study of religion. It's called affect theory. Uh, and I learned about it only after I came to Oxford and worked with basically the best research supervisor of all time. And he is a prominent affect theorist. And I was like, what is this? It sounds ridiculous. Uh, but as it turns out, there are really important insights in affect theory to human nature and how and why we do the things that we do. Um, so one thing affect theorists do is look at our emotions, not as things that necessarily come from the inside out, but rather as things that come from the outside in. Our environments, you know, we don't think about it, but our experience of the world, what philosophers would call our subjectivity, right? Our thoughts, our feelings, our behaviors, all of this conscious stuff that and subconscious stuff that we have going on. Philosophers would call that subjectivity. And this is so impacted by the world around us. You know, we are constantly networked. We cannot remove ourselves from environments that impact us. And they impact us in a wide variety of ways, right? So there are the physical aspects of the environment, right? There are um, the lights and the feeling of the air and uh, what we see, the colors, all that sort of stuff very impactful. Like we know from color psychology that when you walk into a room with red paint or blue paint, that will make a really big difference for how you feel. Right. Uh, and we also know that fluorescent lighting can keep you awake at night because it is very blue, like the sky. Right. And it can be very stressful for me personally because it gives me migraines. So there are all these ways in which our environments are impacting us. Some of them we notice and some of them we don't, but they're still impacting us. And we interact with people whose facial expressions and tone and, of course, their words and um, everything, their movements impact us subconsciously, right? We are affected. That's what the affect theory, we are affected beings. And I bring this up because... What we do as creatures in these environments is um, we form relationships with them and we form what affect theorists sort of deriving from Freud all the way back from the psychoanalytic tradition um, call attachments. We develop attachments to things and these attachments are sort of the way that we get by in life. You know, the human animal is constantly dissatisfied. This is something that has been talked about by philosophers and uh, prophets and, and theologians for ages, like Buddha. Basically, that was his shtick. He said, hey, look, humans are chronically dissatisfied. And how do we escape this chronic dissatisfaction? That was his foundational question. We are anticipating creatures. That's another phrase that I got from my brilliant supervisor. We are anticipating bodies. We're constantly looking for things for the what next, for what's going to satisfy us. And this comes from our evolutionary history, right? As animals that can think about stuff and can have consciousness, perhaps because it enables us to navigate our environments and make our circumstances better. We are chronically dissatisfied precisely for that seeking reason. We actually have a system in our brain that some neuroscientists call the seeking system. And it's just part of basic animality that, you know, dogs will seek food. But we have complex thoughts and feelings. And so we seek food and we also seek, you know, newspaper articles and uh, seek in general. It's sort of flooded through our beings. 
So as these beings that are constantly seeking satisfaction, we form attachments. You know, I'm attached to some of these books, some of them more than others. Sorry for those of y'all listening and not watching, I'm pointing, pointing to my books. Um, and I have significant attachments to my computer for a wide variety of reasons. Um, I have attachments to people in my life and I have attachments to activities I do. And the ones that impact me in a positive way or seem like they might impact me in a positive way in the future, I develop attachments to them. And I come to expect a certain kind of satisfaction from going dancing. You know, and every once in a while I would go out and have a bad night and I would have to be like, well, like that's how it goes. But my expectations were, were let down, you know, and in relationships with people, we come to expect them to behave in a certain way. And yes, sometimes this means having certain expectations of, of when a partner is going to call you at night or something, uh, but also more subtle expectations such as, well, I expect this person to always be a little bit more quiet than other people, you know, or I expect this friend to uh, always have certain eating behaviors. You know, it's, they're so subtle, but these expectations matter and they form the shape of like our sense of the world, right? We need worlds that make sense to us and that we can anticipate making sense to us in the future. And we also need worlds that we can anticipate satisfying us in the future. And so this is where things like retail therapy come in, right? Retail therapy or any kind of coping mechanism that we have can be really it's an attachment that we form. We do it once and it feels pretty good. And we're like, oh, well, maybe if I do it again, it'll feel pretty good. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and so we can lean into these things pretty heavily in times of stress. Um, is that healthier? Isn't it? Uh, well, it is and it isn't. I think it's very important to be cognizant of what we're leaning into and why and ask ourselves the very important question would I be okay without this? Now, this is like reasonably moderately stressful or important when we think about something like shopping. Uh, but also we need to think about things like our parents, our children, you know, our partners, uh, our friends. Can I live? Will I be so negatively impacted? Will I be okay if this person is no longer in my life for a wide variety of reasons? You know, maybe they leave you and maybe they die, right? We have to ask these questions because our worlds are constantly in flux and we're always going to need solace. We're always going to need to be coping with the world. And so we want to internally be resilient. We want to be able to cope. We want to have the resources and the tools necessary for dealing with stress, with loss, with all the negative things that happen to us. And we also, I think really importantly, because attachments are just a necessary part of our worlds, we need to be cognizant of them as well. And we need to organize them in a way that we're not too reliant on any single one at a given point in time. I think that that's really important. And I think as a quick side note, I think that's one of the benefits of uh, polyamory, you know, being somebody who has romantic relationships with many people, uh, precisely because when you have one person in whom you invest such a huge amount of your emotional energy, there can be real beauty to that, but it's also extremely risky, <laughs> you know? And so in terms of cost benefit analysis, it is actually quite important with people and with other things to uh, diversify your attachments. I sort of like to think of it in terms of a building that has a lot of pillars holding up the ceiling. 
And you could have one really big pillar, you know, placed in a particular way, or you could have a bunch of pillars. And if you take one out, everything's going to be fine. Or you can think of it like a Jenga stack. You know, if you pull something out, are you going to be fine? Or is your stack going to fall over? So retail therapy, those are my thoughts about it. Yes. I think something that's really important to pay attention to is uh, this diversification of attachments and also your internal management. And then thirdly, what is the impact that this coping mechanism that these behaviors have on you and the people in your life? <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Yeah. So do you lean heavily on things that have a negative impact on the world? Shopping, for example, the environmental impact of shopping is not small. You know, rivers are polluted all over the world by people that produce textiles. Um, the working conditions, of course, in many of these factories are not great. You can be really intentional about buying things that are organic and made in certain countries or under certain work conditions or what have you, fine. You know, but you're still consuming something that you wouldn't otherwise be consuming. And there's a much larger question, of course, involved in retail therapy in, in particular, which is, will consuming things ever make you happy? You know, like they can be fun. I think our attachments, our coping mechanisms in some ways can be fun and, and kind of lighthearted, but we need to also have this very serious level of engagement with them, which is, you know, do, do, do I want to, do I want to be uh, engaging this thing that maybe isn't good for me, maybe isn't good for the planet. Right. And uh, maybe has really drastic consequences. And do, uh, would I rather not work on building my personal resources, my resilience and what have you, so that I don't need this thing that has negative impacts on me or the people around me or the world around me, you know, and the, then there is also the question of addiction and I won't go there because I'm not an expert in addiction, but a, I will say that addictions need to be taken very seriously, uh, and managed with a lot of professional help, like not mine. Uh, but there has also been a lot of work on addiction and the kinds of situations or people, you know, in which addiction happens. Is addiction actually filling holes in our lives? You know, uh, is it us turning to things? Now, of course, chemical imbalances and all that sort of thing are, are very important. But we also want to consider how we can best bolster ourselves in light of chemical predispositions, we may have to be addicted to certain substances or to certain behaviors. You know, if we are lonely, right, then we build our resources, we build up our social networks. Then even if we have predispositions to lean on certain behaviors or substances, um, it can help give us resources to fight them, you know, when those are the healthy kinds of resources, people. So those are some thoughts. I really wanted to use this opportunity. I think affect theory is really important. Uh, I think these ideas about attachment are really important. Thinking about myself in terms of the attachments that I make is really helpful for me in, in managing my emotional well-being, right? Because I pay very close attention to um, how much I am, my well-being is contained within myself and how much I am expecting my well-being to be taken care of by other things or being met by other activities. 
And this is a very important question, of course, last side note, uh, in our interpersonal relationships, because we can come to expect people to perform certain emotional labor for us. You know, we can come to be attached to somebody telling us they love us or we're beautiful or, or, or what have you. And so really what we have to do when we think about our attachments is think about the quality of them and what they're doing for us. And can we do those things on our own? And should we be? And how often can we sort of relax and let ourselves lean into these attachments and then come back? You know, it's very, very important to be centered in yourself if you want to be um, emotionally stable and healthy, at least according to what I've read from the perspective of affect theory. And I really hope that that answers your question, Jenna. Some quick notes before I head out. I would really love it if you would write a review of the podcast. It would be very uh, useful and helpful for me and for the guests that I have on this show to get their ideas and their voices out there. Um, it's really simple. All you do from your app when you're on the screen of the podcast, click on rating reviews and drop a review. It could take just a couple of seconds. Um, and if you write a review, uh, I would like to thank you. So take a quick screenshot of it and then email it to me at stephanie at nakedhumanity.org or get it to me on any of the social media platforms. Uh, and I would uh, then enter you into a drawing for a free book. Uh, the books that I give away are awesome. They're some of my favorites of all time. And you can find out what books are on the list at stephaniewerber.com slash book giveaway. Just go to the website and you can read all about it. This week's winner of the book giveaway, her name is Olivia. She will be receiving a book from me. I don't know which one yet. She hasn't told me yet, but I'm very excited. Uh, so do please get at me. Do please write a review if you want. Uh, do please submit a question to the podcast. I am so excited and happy to be responding to listener questions now. To respond to, or sorry, to submit a question, all you have to do is go to stephanierupert.com slash form. You can get this link from my Instagram profile if you follow me on Insta. Uh, and you can also email me if you like. But the reason I have stephanierupert.com slash form up and live is so you can submit these questions anonymously as many people are doing. So please do that. I will be so excited to hear from you, to hear what you want to talk about, to respond to your questions uh, in so far as I might have anything remotely uh, helpful or useful to say. I do try. Thank you so much again for tuning in. You know where to find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stephanie Ruper. Please do, please, please, please do be in touch. I will be back and I will talk to you next week. Thanks and take care.